my listeners. How's it going? Special podcast for you guys today. This is Pumped Up Kicks by Foster the People, and then we will get into the program. Episode 83 of the Blake Mayfield Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Mayfield, and I'm here today with the owner of Big City Vapor here in Anderson, California, Mr. David Encore. David, how are you? I'm great, Blake. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Yeah, thank you for coming on. It's very cool. I appreciate it. Um, I want to give a special shout out to all the Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcast listeners and Overcast listeners. Thank you guys very much for tuning in, however you may be, streaming, downloading, whatever it is. And uh, without further ado, let's get into it. So, this is a vaping store, and vaping has this weird, I don't vape personally, but it has this weird double-edged sword to it as far as like, you know, quitting cigs, is it bad for kids? You know, it's like a big thing with a lot of commercials. I'm sure, you know, the laws and stuff like that are not uh, very friendly to you guys. But from personal experience, I understand that you were a cigarette smoker back in the day, transitioned to vaping about seven, eight years ago, something like that. Yep. Why did you make the transition, and has it helped? Have you noticed any health differences in doing that? Well, I uh, transitioned over to smoking, or from smoking to vaping, um, because uh, vaping was causing me to get, or, oh man, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting it all backwards. Okay, so <laughs> I switched from smoking to vaping because smoking was making me sick. You know, I didn't even realize it at the time, but I was getting sick every year, sometimes twice a year with bronchitis. And I could never just get a cold. It always went to my lungs. And I just thought I had chronic bronchitis, and I never actually tied it to smoking. But then a friend of mine handed me a a vape, and I tried it. And this was actually after trying vaping before and getting rid of it because it didn't work for me at all at first um, because the products just weren't up to par at that time. But then my friend handed me one that actually did work and felt like smoking. And... uh, I asked her what was in it, and she said she didn't know. And I, so I raced home immediately to learn exactly what was in it. And I found out there was four ingredients, and uh, I did the research immediately on what those four ingredients were. And I was shocked that there was only four ingredients right from the beginning. I thought, well, that's cool. There's not that much work to do to figure out what I'm inhaling. And right. uh, after I did the research, I realized that these were these were um, ingredients that everyone's already consuming anyway and that they were considered safe. So I said, okay, and I was full bore, and I never smoked again, never looked back. So why, going from that experience to opening this place, how long was that process for you? Probably not much more than six months. As soon as I was completely clean of cigarettes, which happened overnight from starting vaping, I never smoked again. Um, I was so excited about how successful I was and how easy it was to quit smoking when I had tried everything else over the years. I smoked for 30 years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, 18 cigarettes a day for 30 years. Yeah. So, you know, when when I finally got away from it, I just was so elated and just wanted to share it with the world and I wanted to get into the business because it was it was still pretty new and I thought this is a chance that I can do something for my family and create a business and an income stream as well as just make a difference for so many people. So 
Are you, you said pre-podcast that you're not from Anderson originally, but your wife is. So why did you guys plan like right here in the middle of town basically to like do the vape store? Was it because there was not many around? Were you guys the first one here or well, what we made were, you want to open the shop? We were the first vape store, exclusively vape shop in Anderson and uh, the only one for a long time. There Another one opened up for a while, but ended up closing down and we're still the only vape shop here. And we started... Uh, with a little place in the back of this shopping center for the first two years and we had a little sandwich board out front with you know vape shop and uh, nobody knew we were here basically and then we got the opportunity from becoming friends with the landlord um, he uh, and this place was vacant up here and we talked him into letting us have this little half of it which is has a drive-through which made us the only drive-through vape shop in all of California at the time still maybe I don't know but we had the news here for that. It was a big deal. And uh, the customers love the drive-thru. It's right off the street. And it just made all the difference for our business. Do you guys get more people in the drive-thru or do people still walk in? Especially these days. These days, I get more people in the drive-thru now. Uh, before COVID, yeah, we had it was probably uh, more people in the shop. But now, definitely, it's changed. Yeah, that makes sense. People not wanting to come in. They're afraid to or whatever it is. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally get it. How do you guys get around... The USPS, you know, United States Postal Service and UPS not wanting to, at least in California, I don't know about the rest of the country, um, not wanting to ship vaping products because of how they have to package them and stuff like that, which I think is a fancy way of saying, you know, I, I think everything's a lot of like intertwined kind of thing. I feel like vaping interrupts the cigarette and tobacco industry. Tobacco industry is still a humongous thing. I'm sure you yes. know more about it than I do, but tobacco industry has always been and always will be probably a huge industry. I feel like this is the male's way of kind of combating vaping as like the new thing. It's like the new kid on the block. How do you guys feel about these laws and having to move around them and stuff like that now where you can't even ship stuff in the mail? And how much of you guys' retail here does get shipped in the mail now compared to, you know, back then? Well, everything now is shipped through USPS, 100%. We, we can't get, the other shippers won't ship to us at all. All None of the shippers will ship to homes and consumers now, period. You have okay. to have all the paperwork. You have to be a vape shop or a smoke shop with a tobacco license, business license, retail license, all that. And so it's made things um, pretty tough. And California particularly is, you know, they have this, kind of interesting arrangement because they they made this deal with many of most of the other states in America back in the 90s they had the uh, master settlement agreement with big tobacco where big tobacco has to pay every year to every state based on how many smokers they have and so most of the states in America wait every year and they get their payment um, which is going down nationwide because many people are switching to vaping the problem is, is that California and some of the other states decided that they were going to sell bonds against that money when that settlement happened. So now those bonds are coming due and the money is drying up because people are switching to vaping. So they still have to pay on those bonds instead of just waiting for the money. And the problem is the money's not there from big tobacco because people are quitting. Right. And switching. So it's very much political, financial. You know, a lot of that tobacco money that comes from big tobacco every year goes straight to the health departments in California. And that so makes sense. a lot of people are going to lose their job if people continue to quit smoking. And that's, you know, nobody wants people to lose their job. But if, if uh, that's what happens, then it's what's most important is public health. And capitalism in, in this situation certainly 
is not good for public health. Right. So my grandpa got sick with COPD. He was a lifelong smoker from the time he was eight years old till he was 60. And unfortunately, wow. he passed away at 62. So it just, the withdrawals and whatnot just kind of killed him, unfortunately. And, you know, rest in peace to my grandpa. But did you feel any withdrawal at all? Did you feel any sort of sign of maybe I might get, like, you know, lung disease, I might get cancer from the cigarette? Was there any, like, big moment personally to where you're like, I have to switch? Or was it just oh, yeah. someone brought that to you? And Well, when I, when I first quit, the first time I tried to quit with vaping, um, I had a amazing, scary moment where I had fallen asleep at my friend's place and my cigarette had fallen into the pillow, lit cigarette. And now uh, pillows and, and fabrics and stuff are designed not to catch on fire, but they will still smoke. And so it didn't catch on fire, but it filled up their entire house with smoke until her husband woke up and got us all out of the house but it could have killed everyone, the smoke. Um, and so it was, you know, I was very, very upset over that. And that was when I first tried uh, vaping, but that was when that blue e-cigarette blue e came out. It was called Blue. And yeah. it was very, yeah. when they first came out with the technology, it just didn't, you, you turn blue in the face trying to get a hit off of it. <laughs> it was not a good experience. And it was nothing like smoking and it went dead really quick. And I was like, this vaping is a bunch of crap. And so I went for another two years after that, I went back to smoking. And then, uh, like I said, a friend of mine gave me a, it was a Kangratech EVOD. That's what it was called back then. And it, it had enough power and enough vapor and enough feeling in my throat, just like a cigarette, that I was like, this could work for me. And it, it totally did. It yeah. totally did, so. Yeah, that's awesome. How has COVID changed the shop, just in general? How, besides just the drive-through, the walk-in and stuff like that, like, have, have sales gone way up? Because stuff like alcohol, marijuana, basically the legal drugs have soared through, you know, the pandemic and stuff like that. Because people are at home, people are depressed, they lost their job, they don't know how else to spend their unemployment or, you know, their right. regular money besides just on bullshit, basically. How has that helped you guys? Has it hindered anything at all for you guys with the laws being the way they are in California and people being at home? How has that affected business? Well, we've been through everything. Since we first opened, it's been a nonstop battle. It's been one thing after another um, from the state, the county, the city, um, just the, the, the lies and propaganda on the, on the television and on radio. It's nonstop assault on us. And so it's been a battle every single day to keep open and keep in business. And COVID came and, and really slammed us hard because, you know, at first I didn't know what was going on. I had done the research and what I had learned at the time, just like all of us, is that it was this horrible thing that was going to kill millions and millions of people. And uh, so we did like everybody and shut down. And we had our, then we opened up, it was a few weeks, a couple weeks maybe, then we opened up our drive through for one day a week and then two days a week and then slowly, gradually opened and only through the drive through for, for months, for probably the first couple months at least. And uh, it was tough. We lost a, a whole lot of money. But then things started to come back and people, our customers are, are loyal and um, they started to come back and we, we really made just enough money to barely stay open, you know, and it was very hard. That whole entire year of 2020 was just a disaster for us. But we were determined, you know, we believe that we're doing a great thing. This is my legacy. I help people quit smoking and I'm very proud of it. I, and it works. And I've, I've had 
the example after example after example, and I've helped people quit vaping too. I don't just help people quit smoking. I take their nicotine down gradually and help them quit vaping as well. And that's, it's very rewarding, so I love it. I see this wall of shame behind you, and it has a lot of local politicians and stuff like that. Anderson City Council, yes. it looks like. I've actually had a podcast with one of those people. Uh, so explain that to me. I mean, why why do you have that in here? And it, it's quite funny. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> well, what, what's the point of that? Who made that for you? That's actually a pretty decent poster. Thank you very much. Yeah. I, I'm a graphic designer <laughs> okay. on the side. You know, I own a DJ company. I've been advertising and marketing for that for years. And so and I love, I'm an artist. I, I love doing graphic design. So I had fun with this poster. Quite a lot of fun. Um, these people were the, uh, were the city council that voted to... Um, to ban flavored nicotine was what the ordinance was in Anderson, just little Anderson. Um, I was the only vape shop that my entire business depended on my sale of vape juice and so I was the only one that was directly affected and uh, so I had to change my entire business model and replace all my juice with zero milligram juice, juice that has no nicotine in it. Okay, Then I, then I include this pod of nicotine that's fresh it's measured out for each size bottle. So my customers can get their nicotine separate now and it's fresh. And actually it turned out to be a much better thing for my business in many different ways and for my customers. And I'm gonna be taking the business model to Idaho in our new location and we're gonna be the only shop in Idaho that does it this way on purpose. Because fresh nicotine's better for many reasons and, and for me as a person who's selling vape, I'm able to have a lot more flavors to offer, so it actually works out fantastic for me. But these folks here, um, they tried to destroy my business um, okay. while acting like they were trying to protect the children. And that, that was just based on zero actual information, and we tried to meet with them. Actually, my wife did meet with them, and they just refused to listen to, to reason. My wife actually works at the school here in town. And um, so she knows all about the, the kids that are getting caught with the vape and what they're getting caught with. And, and uh, we had a very good plans that we could have done to implement that would actually be very effective in getting uh, vape out of the hands of kids. But they didn't want to hear any of that stuff. And they did this ordinance behind our back when Baron Browning particularly was seeing us at the Anderson Chamber of Commerce meetings on a regular basis and shaking our hand, acting like he was our friend, while at the same time he was gunning for our business. When he just could have come to us and talked to us and we could have really worked out some great stuff. But that isn't how they do business here in town. And so I felt very, very unwanted and, and I felt very betrayed. And that was, that was the first big step to us considering moving and moving our businesses out of Anderson. And so then, but we can pause this real quick. So yeah, it was very disappointing and we decided that, you know, we're going to change everything up and see if we can make it work and we did. Um, but then the state, uh, Governor Newsom, decided that he was going to ban all flavored vapor in California and that loophole that I managed to take advantage of here would be closed. So I wouldn't be able to do the fresh nicotine separately anymore. That would be our death blow. And now we got over a million signatures and blocked that from just happening based on his signature because he thinks he's a dictator. Instead, 
instead we got these signatures over a million and blocked it and made it so it's going on the ballot in 22. Unfortunately, we all know who, who makes the rules in California, and it's the people in the cities that, that right. vote stuff in. And when in 22, they will definitely have a massive campaign on TV and radio saying we have to ban flavors to protect the children. And that's nothing but a complete lie. But that's what they will do, and the people will vote it in. And luckily, we will be in Idaho by then. So I kind of wanted to go into this with you. The whole kids thing, you know, it affects the kids, blah, blah, blah. How do you feel as someone that owns a vape shop? I don't know if you're in it. You don't have to say if you are. But how they push the weed and marijuana, how it's like the safe drug. There's no side effects. I'll tell you what. I smoked for four years straight. I am, I, I guess, uh, uh, they say recovering addict and whatnot. But I had to go to, like, actual rehab for withdrawal just for, you know, like, night terror, shit like that. That's my experience personally. And just the smoking part, the lungs. I can tell when I go play basketball, when I run, my lungs will probably just never be the same. I'm young. Maybe I can knock the rust off. We'll see. But how do you feel as the guy that when I see weed, and I come here specifically for CBD still, you know, so you guys right. still do the CBD thing. But yes. weed is, like, this safe, no you know, no holds barred thing, drug and vaping is like the bad guy. Vaping is the new cigarettes. How do you guys combat that as a business? And what are your thoughts on just that in general? And that's not just a California thing. That's an America thing. I feel like it is, it is. They're, they're legalizing marijuana all over the country. And it's, it really, to me, it speaks volumes about their priorities. It, it shows you um, that they're bought and paid for, that that's why they're going against vaping because it's conflicting with big pharma and big tobacco. That's who really is paying their bills. That's who they really care about. It's these lobbyists that they, these giant corporations have. And so what happens is they end up manipulating everything. So you have walls of flavored vodka on the shelves. They don't right. care about all those flavors. You know what I mean? Then you've got <laughs> marijuana which absolutely affects children in the long term, especially when they're young. It's setting them up for a lifelong addiction to, to that and then harder drugs. And it definitely affects your mind and gets you really high, you know? 100%. Right, yeah. for an extended period of time. So hopefully bad for kids is marijuana. If, if my, in my opinion, and I'm just gonna say what should be said, and that is if there is a kid who for whatever reason is hooked on cigarettes, and many of them are under 21, they need to get off of cigarettes. And every day that they continue to smoke is a travesty when they could be doing vape. So I didn't agree with the 21 thing. I think there could be things put in place. For example, we had a plan for an ID system where you have to swipe your ID into a machine and it registers your purchase. We could even document the purchase through, through the system of every single vape product and if something shows up at the school they can trace that product to the parent that bought it for them wow and then they can hold a parent for once responsible for the behavior of their children especially right. when it's the fact is it's the parents who are going online and who are going into shops and buying this for their kids and a lot of times, it's because their kid was smoking, and they would rather their kid vape. They'll even buy it for them rather than them continue to smoke, which is a smart parenting move. Because if your kid's already smoking, why don't you give them something that's 95% safer, that's not going to give them cancer? Right. You know? So, yeah. But that's just the way I see it. It's not politically correct position, but that's the way I look at it. So explain to me, because I, I don't know. Explain to me how vaping is... And some of it's pretty obvious stuff. How and why is it so much safer than 
cigarettes and tobacco, and even marijuana for that instance. Why is it so safe compared to those? Because it's vapor. That's really the, the point, is that it's not particulate matter. Smoke is basically ash. It's very microscopic size ashes, and that those ashes build up into your lungs and create tar. Not to mention, when it comes to cigarettes, there's over 4,000 added chemicals that you're inhaling along with the smoke that's bad for you, inherently bad for you, and the tar that that's creating, that it's also these other chemicals too. At least marijuana, you're just dealing with the smoke. You're not dealing with all those other chemicals that the manufacturers put in cigarettes. Right. So it's still way healthier than, than smoking cigarettes. But vaping is, like I said, it's four ingredients. It's propylene glycol, vegetable glycerin, flavoring, and nicotine. That's it. And no matter what you hear in the media, it's all lies. Over in Europe, they've tested it. The Royal College of Physicians have thoroughly tested vaping, and they're the ones who declare it 95% safer. The Royal College of Physicians is the same group that warned us years and years ago that smoking would give you cancer, and no one would listen to them back then. It was years later before they finally would acknowledge that smoking was killing people. But right. the Royal College of Physicians are legitimate. They told them it was giving them cancer. They wouldn't listen. Now they're saying this is 95% safer, but they're not listening over here in the U.S. They don't have a kid's vaping problem in Europe either because they never allowed 50 milligram per milliliter nicotine to be put on the market over there. Over here, Juul came out with this nicotine product that was insanely high nicotine levels, and yeah. that's what gets the kids high. The kids don't care about the flavor. They're over there getting that Juul, puffing on it like a chimney, getting high. Kids want the high. They want the high, right. not the flavor. And they yep. will vape the menthol or the tobacco all day long. They don't care about the flavor. Yeah. We didn't care about the flavor when we started smoking cigarettes as kids. They didn't have cherry flavor and all that. It wouldn't have mattered to us. <laughs> right. We were getting high off those cigarettes like these kids are getting high off these vapes. And, it, yeah. and there's ways of dealing with it responsibly so that adults who need to quit smoking can get the products they need and you can hold parents accountable for their children. Yeah. So, I mean, and it all makes a lot of sense and we don't have to recap it all, but all this sounds like... When did that happen with Baron Browning and the other local public? Was that 2020, 2018? When was that for you? Was 2019. 2019. I believe it was, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So is all this a culmination of why you guys are shutting down June 30th and moving to Idaho? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we don't feel welcome here. Um, we feel lied to and betrayed by the people who were supposed to be our friends. We, we were very involved in Anderson the City and trying doing different events and just trying to help the turkey trot, you know, uh, the, uh, what is the thing where we, where we get all the turkeys for the kids and the yeah, toy yeah, yeah. drives and just all right. of those different things that we really felt very connected to the community. And then they did this to us and it was just such a slap in our face and, and, and a slap to our livelihood what we what we need to survive so right it was it was personal no doubt and then you know the the state was the final straw i don't want to be here when they ban it entirely you know and then you really have to get stuff together and, and grab right. dodge right yeah so why idaho uh, idaho's nine hours away that was a huge thing we wanted to stay close we still have like i said lots of friends and family here so we needed to stay close but we needed to move to a state that um that had the right weather, that had the right politics, that had the, the right crime rate. I mean, there's just so many different factors that went into it. 
Um, we checked out Nevada, we checked out uh, Utah, we checked out Arizona, and um, we just really fell in love with Idaho. You know? Low population too, from what I hear. Besides, like Boise, that's like the that's the capital. Right. We're gonna live yeah. in the Treasure Valley outside of Boise, and our new vape shop um, will be in Caldwell. That's the ideal um, ideal place for us. Is okay. Caldwell, Idaho. Awesome. And we'll live close by there in Nampa. We we've been all over there now and checked it out thoroughly, and um, we're in love with the place and um, the freedom. Not to mention tax rates and all kinds of other incidental stuff that matters to us right this is all part of the what they call the california exodus where it's just taxes and and now with biden in there and, and newsom and stuff i mean the, the tax rates are they're gonna hike they're oh gonna yeah hike the gas is already hiked i mean things are gonna is, get really hard over the next four years yeah i don't know if people people that are aware know that we can't print all this money and do all this stuff that we did last year and then just think we're gonna go back to normal um, it's never going to be normal, and we're going to go through the next four years of massive inflation, I believe. Um, things are going to get tough and tight, and that's why I want to be over there and get secure and get stable there before it gets really bad, because it's going to. How do you personally combat inflation? Me personally, I invest in silver. I do too. Do you really? Yes, I okay. do. That's cool. Uh, I've got uh, some ten, 10 silver eagles I just got uh, yesterday in my bag right now. Awesome. Yeah, Hell they yeah. just came in. Um, I love investing in silver. Um, I have um, quite a decent amount of money now in, in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Mm. Um, so I have and about three other uh, cryptocurrencies. And um, I, I, I would have already invested in real estate, which is a great idea if... Uh, if you're in it for the long haul and you want something that can, can keep providing value um, through this, uh, real estate's great. But we're gonna we're a little late in the game on that. We we want to get over there in, to Utah or I'm sorry Idaho, and we're gonna rent for um, a year and a half, two years, and then we're gonna hopefully buy in the dip because we believe the bubble's gonna burst on the housing market, and then we'll, we'll buy in the dip. Even though interest rates are probably gonna come up, um, I still think it's gonna be better for us to. We need to get established there anyway over in Idaho before we buy so that's yeah. the plan yeah I so I remember I came in here and this honestly was the moment that I knew I wanted to the next time I came in ask you because I, I come in every two or three weeks for my CBD oil this is the moment that I knew I wanted to ask you if you wanted to be on this podcast yes. I don't know how we got there I think I asked about a shirt or a hoodie you were wearing that <laughs> said uh, instead of new normal the normal was crossed out and said new world order on it now right. I'm a conspiracy theorist you are yes absolutely oh, okay I don't take this as just some bullshit when I hear Lose Yourself by Eminem and he raps, you know, Make Me King as we move toward a new world order. Like, yeah. you, that's in a lot of music, movies. They mm -hmm. make stuff about this stuff all the time. 2020, the numbers line up. Numerical, that's how all the stuff's always, you know, Mayans and all this stuff's always happening. People talk about the Illuminati, you know, and there's different facets of that as well. But um, George Orwell made a book called 1984 that published in 1949. If, if that makes sense to you guys, it, it should. Uh, and this was right after World War II, and he saw what Germany and you know Hitler and everything that happened over there. And he kind of predicted there was this future society, uh, specifically for America, but just the world at large, mass surveillance, you know, inflation, massive tax hikes, uh, you know, crooked politicians being lied to, propaganda. And I, I feel like you guys are, I hate to use the word perfect, but you guys are the perfect example of 
a business that is being taken for granted that they push the propaganda. You know, it's bad for kids. And, you know, it gives them lung cancer. I don't know. I can't dispute nor you know confirm for anybody. I don't do it myself personally. But this book's really interesting. How did you come across the book? And when did you start getting into? I hate to say these theories and whatnot, but when did you kind of start getting into this stuff? Was it last year when everything first hit or was this, has, have you always been someone that's interested in like the 9-11s of the world and, and, you know, different bombings and stuff like that? Yeah, well, um, 1984 was a book that I came across during my travels down the rabbit hole, you could say. Okay. Um, I first was uh, awakened to some of the realities of life here on earth when, um, uh, David Koresh and his group was firebombed and killed uh, in um, Waco, Texas. I don't know if you're familiar with that story. Yes, yes. It's way, way back. Yeah. And when that happened, and I, you know, everybody was glued to the TV, and I watched them basically burn those people alive. And that, to anybody watching, that's not what they said on the TV happened, but over the years, that's been proven in my opinion, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that they, they burn those people alive. And so I had to wake up as to what's going on with our government because, of course, you know, public education tells you the government's here to serve you, to help you, protect you, all this. And you get that warm, fuzzy feeling from school. And and um, <laughs> I, I was losing it quick after that happened. And I had a lot of questions. And then Oklahoma City bombing, the first Oklahoma City or no, the World Trade Center bombing, the first one where they were unsuccessful. 93. Yes, and, yeah. and then I started hearing that the stories about that weren't right. And then the big Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, now, I, again, I, I'm watching the news every day, listening to every word they're saying. They're saying there's other bombs in the building that's been confirmed after it blew up. There was bombs in the building. They also said there was a second bomber. You know, And right. then all of that changed. Now there's no bombs in the building, and there wasn't a second bomber, and Timothy McVeigh was killed in record time, right? I mean, they executed him like that. Other people, other people spend years and years on death row, but not when you're a patsy. You get that executed real fast, and that's what happened to him. So I was just really like, man, what is going on? And then 9-11, 9-11 completely rocked my world, and at that point, it was so shocking and traumatic for me personally that I believed everything that TV said. For the first year and a half, two years, probably, I believed the narrative. And then um, I got um, a, a DVD from somebody that was, that was called 9-11, The Great Awakening, or, or The Greatest Lie Ever Told, or so, I don't remember, something like that. And it was this, by this guy named Humphreys, and I watched it, and then for the first time I saw the towers fall, and I knew it was a controlled demolition. And that changed my life forever. Should come back in. Look at possible. Okay, guys. So real quick, we have to cut this just a little bit short, but I do have one more question for David, and then he has to go. So, how are local customers here in Anderson going to be able to contact you guys once you guys go to Idaho? Uh, well, our website is going to be maverickvapor.com. So you can just go there and find out where our new location is and uh, see how we're doing. Stay in contact. There's a contact uh, form on there if you want to say hi. Um, unfortunately, you know, no one can get, I can't sell online because of this PACT Act thing. Right. So uh, it won't, sh they won't ship to anybody. So, but yeah, I mean, anybody who ever uh, comes to Idaho and wants to see us, just go to maverickvapor.com and find where we're at and come say hi. Okay. Awesome. Are you guys still going to sell merch and stuff like that? Like, will people be able to like buy merch from you guys? Oh uh, yeah, we thing? might have some merch. 
Yeah, sure. We might do that. That's definitely a possibility. A merch store. Okay. And then yeah. I have one more thing. So I, I know you got to get out of here, but is it just vaping juice that they ban, or is it like pens to just all the products that they ban? No, they're banning uh, flavored e-liquid. Flavored e Okay, gotcha. Right. So, so you guys can't ship flavored e-liquid, but you, you can ship out like a pen. Oh, you're talking about the shipping thing. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. When no you guys vaping move. products at all can be shipped. Okay. To consumers anymore. They've completely cut it out now. Gotcha. With the shippers. And and just want everybody to know that FedEx and UPS are doing this voluntarily. They're losing millions of dollars. And I don't understand except that it's political. Um, and Because uh, they weren't ordered to do it. This was only a USPS thing. And yet uh, UPS and FedEx jumped on board because they're woke. Is what I'm assuming. So it's a woke culture. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, you know, go woke, go broke, UPS and FedEx. I hope that works out for you. Go woke, go broke. <laughs> Thanks for having me on your show. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Maybe we'll do a part two one of these days with the conspiracy theory stuff because I, I can sit down for hours and do oh, that. Yeah. So absolutely, yeah. and that's, we barely scratched that's the my surface. jam. So you know, yeah, I got this Orwell shirt that says, "Boy, did I get it right, huh?" I want to talk about that too. I yeah. want to go more in depth just on that book because it's sure. one of those things that if you pay enough attention, it'll change your life. It'll Absolutely. change your entire perspective. Yeah, yeah. And I would recommend to people to go to uh, BitChute and look up who is Bill Gates. There's a great documentary on there. Also, want to talk about him. Fantastic documentary. If you really want to know what's going on in the world today, Bill Gates is in the center of all of it. And if you really learn about what he's about, then you will really get an idea of what's going on in the world, and, and truth, knowledge is power. There's a reason that his wife, after 27 years, is divorcing him because of a meeting with Epstein, it sounds like. That's right. That's right. There, there's a reason. Yep. 100%. Because you don't go back from that. You, you're, your wife finds out that you're good buddies with that guy, yeah, then that's where the wife has to make a real hard choice. And I'm glad for her. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. She's going to get, I think, $1.5 of his stock. Yeah. So, you know, stock fluctuates but yeah. it goes up eventually well, especially she'll Microsoft. be all right yeah I, I think she'll be okay <laughs> thanks for coming on dave i appreciate it thanks see ya if you guys have made it this far thank you for listening i'll be back here very soon hopefully next week and see you guys later have a good night